Dude. It's the spooky episode. It is the supernatural spooky 13 episode. <laughs> I feel like I should be like spinning the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo or something in the background while we're going here. There is so much cliched shit we could go through on this one, but yeah. We really need to do a Scooby-Doo episode. I'm just putting it out there. like, Dude, I'm in a grants, man. I, I think Scooby-Doo is one of the most underrated fucking spooky shows out there. Oh, dude, I'm the big Scooby fan. I literally just got a Scooby-Doo gumball machine for the snack stand for my poly movie night group. And yeah. yeah. It's fucking rad. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck yeah. Um, man, 13, man, this is pretty fucking cool. Like, we, we've made it this and we haven't... Um, no Morrissey fans have been killed yet. We're doing pretty yeah. good. Well, and we haven't been killed, so, you know, that's a mm. plus. So, I was almost going to... count of how many episodes of Rad we're up to. Like, I, um, I have no idea. We, we've done more than 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure we have. Like, I'm just terrible with keeping track of that sort of shit. Yeah, like, yeah. Eh. Well, because well, we're going to episodes on the Happy Days <laughs> podcast channel. And mm. then now, we, now we've got our, our own place. It's like, we're, I think we're up to like episode 13 or 14, something like that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, man. Good times. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just this year. It just like, it, it just all blurs together. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it really does, man. It feels weird. It's like we're in June and I'm like, whoa, wait a second. What happened to April and May? And I, I don't know, man. I've just, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just like, fucking what? Well, Wasn't yeah. it just March? Like, can we go back to March? Like, Yeah, March was fun, right? March was great. March was I, great. I enjoyed and, March. And, and then, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of feels like it went a bit downhill from there. But, yeah. hey. March was great. August is going to be great because it's month, so we gotta we gotta have some fun there, right? Yeah, I don't. I'm kind of. I don't know, man. I'm 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 having weird um weird shit with my birthday this year. Like, cool. it's like not a good weird shit. Like, there was something I really wanted to do for my birthday, and it's probably yeah. not going to happen. So I'm probably just going to settle for like getting a tattoo or something like that, like I usually do. So. <laughs> Do you want to have like a Morrissey party or something, dude? Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, we can make been... a Morrissey pinata. We I, could... I, I feel like I've been in kind of such a funk and had such a shitty year. Like, a Morrissey party would be kind of fitting. We can all just sit around and watch me be yeah. sad. Um, everyone, <laughs> can polyester. Buy me, everyone can like buy me a polyester shirt and I can just like wear di- a different polyester shirt each hour and like, you know. Um, yeah, that's really I fucking can, sad, dude. I, everyone could just stand around and I'll, I'll fucking piss and moan and mope and shit like that. And at the end of the night, I, I'll be the pinata, like, yeah, everyone yeah. Can beat the crap out of me and hopefully, yeah. like, knock this fucking shit out of my life. So yeah. I'm down for that. I'm so psyched for that. Like, yeah, Morrissey <laughs> party. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking there. I'm, I'm feeling it. Like, um, Woo-hoo. you know, we, we could, we could get Henry over and, um, you know, he can throw Morrissey fucking jabs at me. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there you have it. Birthday, August, we're going to have a Morrissey bash. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. And Henry, Henry Rollins, if you're listening, my friend, we we had dinner once. Um, please come by. I, I'm sure he will. Hank will drop by for sure. 
Hank's awesome, man. I, I have actually met Hank. Um, he is such a fucking dude. Like, he is, like, the most unbelievably... Everything you think about Henry Rollins is correct. Like, he is yeah. such an awesome person. Like, he speaks well. He sings well. He just is well. He is a phenomenally fascinating human being. Yeah, I kind of... um, I, I, I sort of um refer to... um. Henry is like my punk rock uncle because mm. um, it's like as I, I sort of really got into Henry as a teen and like in my very formative years like I feel like he very much raised me a lot yeah so, gotcha gotcha um I'm I'm very very close to Uncle Hank do, do you find like at that time period of of that time of Black Flag, Rollins, Misfits, Danzig, do, do you feel it was like kind of in some ways you were either, you know, it's kind of like Ford Commodore, you, know, you were either Misfits or you were frigging Black Flag. Do you feel it was like that in the social yeah, climate? I kind of feel like it was. And I was in this weird spot where I loved both. Um, and I have a really controversial Misfits opinion. Okay. Go for it. I have a very, very controversial Misfits opinion. I, look, I love all the Misfits. Um, I actually prefer Michael Graves as the singer than Danzig. I love wow. Danzig. Yeah, I, yeah. I love Danzig. I love Danzig solo. Yeah, um, Danzig. Wonder Four is all you need. Yeah, yeah, dude. Totes, right? Mm. Um, although I did like Red Death Moon. Uh, Death Red Moon. Well, man, look, I, I, I know we're sort of veering off what you were just saying there, but. I I love Danzig as a whole. I love like Danzig Wonderful to me uh, the essential. If you ask me, oh, it, yeah, uh, the, I, I'm a dumb shit that hasn't listened to Danzig. What should I listen to? And I just hand them the four albums and go, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This this is yeah. all you need, right? But yeah. I love all the stuff after that, like Thrall, Demon Sweat Live EP. I love that. Um, I love the Black Acid Evil uh, album. I love uh, Lucifer's Child uh, Six. The fucking yeah, Black Acid Evil was a really underrated album, and I know everyone's Wasn't like, it, right? "Oh my god, Danzig's gone industrial," but it's like it was good. Like it was a good album. It good was on him for doing it. Yeah, and I mean, I don't feel it was that far removed from like no, because if you listen to Can't Speak, like mm. there's some industrial elements in that track. It's a, I, it's a very I good track. That track. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I look, I, and I know Michael Graves is like a fucking right-wing Trump tard douchebag, but great I, singer. I just think he's a really great singer. Like mm. Dig Up Her Bones is probably one, and Scream are probably my Scream two favorite is a great track. songs. Yeah, I love Scream. I think Scream is a great track. His vocal is awesome. The film clip is really cool as well. The um, film clip is so fucking boss, man. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be the first to admit I am not by design a major Misfits fan, so I don't know the catalogue like the Misfits nerds of the universe. I don't know everyone that well or anything like that, but I appreciate what I've heard, and it's fun. It's cool. I highly, highly recommend getting into Doyle's solo shit. Totally, man, totally. Doyle's Doyle's great. Oh, dude, Abominator is such a fucking mint album. And if yeah, anyone cool. is listening, like, just hunt down Doyle's Abominator album and thank me later because it is yeah. fucking boss. Dude, I 
feel like, you, you know, the, these artists we've just mentioned in this short time, I feel like if you wrap yourself in a little safety bubble with these albums as your soundtrack to keep your company, you're in great company, man. Like, life will be good for you. Like, if, you, if you're in a funk, you listen to fucking Danzig uh, 1 to 4 or you listen to fucking, um, you know, any of Roland's, Roland's band's um, catalog. Oh, dude, Roland's for sure. Um, I may slightly, just a little bit, disagree with you on some dancing stuff because if you're having a bad day, oh, dancing isn't the best remedy. You don't want to listen to going down to die. No, 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 no. I, I would, I would say no. Um. I would say, like, for me, dancing tracks that I, I'm a huge fan of are, you know, Long Way Back From Hell. Yeah. Um, 777 is one of my favourite yeah. all-time tracks. How the Gods um, Kill is one of my yeah, dude, yeah, must-haves. Um, I mean, look, my gripe with Danzig is um, I wish, because he put out that, um, that Danzig Does Elvis album. Yeah. I wish he'd done that 20 years earlier. Yeah. When he was in peak, peak form. Yeah. When he was being called Evil Elvis for yeah. a good, very good reason. Um, I don't feel like this album, you know, is quite the slam dunk it should have been. Yeah. I have a, I have a great dancing story. I, I, I love dancing. I just wish dancing didn't take himself quite so seriously because it's like, oh, Glenn, lighten up, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah. But I have a great dancing story. So um, <clears throat> my friend, uh, Dickie, who got me into Danzig. Um, mm. He um, used to just chuck on Danzig 4 to go to sleep. And wow. he he, was te- he rang me up one morning and was just pissing himself laughing because <laughs> he had one of our mates stay. Like, we'd, we'd all gone out and hit the piss and shit like that. And, and he had a mate stay over at his place and crash out on his floor. So he, he, he'd thrown, like, Danzig 4 on and just crashed out, drunk, gone to sleep. Um, and you know how there's the hidden track on Danzig 4 that's like the yes. Dean chant? Yes. Okay. Halfway through the fucking night, apparently this starts playing on the stereo and his friend who's sleeping on the floor freaks the fuck out. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which I just thought was fucking great. <laughs> fuck, dude. That's crazy. Because, I mean, like, you know, that, that track is pretty fucking... You know, like I remember the first time I threw Dancing for it, I was like listening to it and I was like reading. And um, yeah, the album, like, you know, I figured the CD had stopped and, you know, went off, grabbed a drink, you know, had a smoke, whatever, came back, was doing some more reading. Then all of a sudden, like this fucking chanting starts. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hidden track. Okay, cool. Um, That's creepy. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Dancing for. I think that's a fucking just a. Just a crazy good album for many reasons. Mm. Um, but yeah, like The Misfits as well. Uh, is it American Monsters? Yeah, American Monsters was good. Great album, dude. Like, I, I can't remember it immensely well off the top of my head. But, you know, again, what I heard of it is fucking cool. Just good pace, good tempo. Um, and yeah, fuck, dude. Yeah, I can't say it again. 
mm. enough. Like, oh yeah, man, yeah. Those, yeah. So, I mean, those it, albums, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, though. I think there was very much a like, you know, Misfits versus Black Flag, you know, Danzig versus Rollins kind of thing back in the day. Like, yeah, there was, eh? And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I look, I, I love. I loved them both, but I mean, you know, I'm I'm probably always going to fall down on the side of Rollins just because mm. I think he's so fucking brilliant. Like, just the intensity of his character is just, man. Like, you know, you listen to singers, and I don't know, th- there's something about him, man. There's a style. It's not like a he's a proficient vocalist or anything. He just delivers intense emotion. Yeah, like few guys I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, just like Henry. Just like you're always gonna get. What's the? Be- I don't know what even the best way to say, it, but it's like you're always gonna get real shit from Henry. Like exactly about life and yeah. the world and yeah. everything. And yeah, it just there's there's something about that dude that's just fucking has spoken to me from a very fucking early age, and it's just like yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, he's um, yeah. We we could easily talk Rollins for ages, man. He's a, a, like fascinating human, and his spoken word stuff's just fucking brilliant. Mm. Um, yeah, I, it's funny. There was there was a part of me when we when I realized we're on episode thirteen, I was like ready to get all cliche on you and go, yeah, let's talk about Friday thirteenth, man, and, and, <laughs> and let's talk about Wednesday thirteen, man, you know. Yeah, we totally, we we totally, we totally could have. I mean, it, it, and auspiciously, it is a full moon for episode thirteen. Holy shit! Really? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Well, if it's not completely full, it's partially full, oh, which explains like I I'm pretty sure I have this like weird kind of fucked up werewolfism but isn't as cool as a werewolfism because every time there's a full moon mm. I swear to god I don't know whether it's because I'm getting older and the moon is having like an effect and I'm going through like male menopause or some shit mm. I tend to get like really fucking emotional on a full moon and I always have really fucked up weird shit happen like it's That's crazy crazy dude. fucking zany unexpected shit happens on a full moon and it's never good it's never like I win the lotto or actually turn into a werewolf and go eat motherfuckers that I don't like, which mm. would be great. And, you know, then shit on their lawn because, hey, I'm a werewolf. I could do Totally that. right. Um, totally. Yeah, it's just <laughs> part of the benefit, right? Uh, but, yeah, it's just oh, – it's fucking weird, man. It's so weird. I don't know. I'm fucking – it's some – I don't know, it's a it's a strange world. It's a very it's, strange uh, world. Yeah, it's a weird kind of voodoo, man. It's – yeah, I, I feel that way the same way about full moons too, man. Like – I, if I'm having a weird day, I usually look up at the sky at night and go, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know? like, oh, that explains it. And, yeah. You know, totally, and and then like, you know, my, my girlfriend's like, you know, one of my girlfriends is like fucking, you know, oh, you know, Mercury's in retrograde and all that shit. And I'm like, that's bad, isn't it? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Come fuck. on. Like, really? Like, you know, what's worse is if you, if you see the moon just sort of slowly just gravitating towards planet earth there's really no two ways of saying it we're fucked yeah yeah pretty much period period pretty yeah. much unless <laughs> you know we, we send bruce willis up there to like 
blow it up or something like well, that. Well, you're not going to send Morrissey up there, that's for sure, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, if, if, if you did send Morrissey up to, like, stop a comet or something like that, I mean, he's pretty much just going to whine at it and fucking, you know, sing a couple of shitty songs and generally act like a complete twat. And, you know, the comet or the moon or whatever is coming to destroy us is probably just going to go, oh, no, fuck this shit. This is so – the juice is not worth the squeeze. I'm just going to go back and sit where I should. Take, <laughs> take this fucking guy away from me. <laughs> Either that or it just evolves and just rotates into to the dark side of the moon, faces Morrissey and just sucks him up like venom or something like symbiotic. <laughs> and yeah, it just sucks him into its black vortex of just despite and hate. Yeah. Wishful thinking. Anywho. <laughs> if, 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 if only, if only. If only. <laughs> hey, speaking of galactic um, weirdness, um, it's funny because I, I this was totally, I don't know, weird of... I can't even think of the fucking words to say, man. But there's the, the kind of segue of sorts. Speaking of galactic weirdness, I'm thinking of um, we we decided we were going to talk about a 1987 fucking cult classic. 1987 was so. I mean, it's like I, I feel like every time we, we roll, suit. 87 was fucking great, man. Like seriously, what a like, what a banner time for movies if you could go back in time would you go back to 87 just for shits and giggles if i could go back in time i'd literally go back to august 31st last year and do the last <laughs> fucking eight months completely differently i don't know guess you were gonna say it. i i would just no i'm <laughs> like just I, I literally i literally would like that is why if, if if there is any time travel or voodoo out there like I just want to go back to like august last year and just fucking work <laughs> the last like <sighs> you know nine or so months completely differently but if i was going to go back and watch movies i would definitely hit 1987 dude i would totally would because i mean fuck man you can you can rock out your don johnson uh you got lost boys you got robocop dude like fucking especially living in la in 87 like i would be specific to be like living in 80 in 87 la at the peak of fucking glam rock and decadent abuse and fun and party fucking riot on the Sunset Strip. I'd be, I reckon anyone would be in a happy place, right? My my brother, I am going to tell you right now, if I was in LA in 1987, I would not live to see 1988. Well, probably not, but at least we'd be going, (laughs) to paraphrase John Bon Jovi, we'd be going out in a blaze of glory. Oh, dude, I would be like... I, I would probably either have either Billy Idol or Nikki Six calling the paramedics on me with like yeah dead fucking Jake like you know well Ozzy Osbourne collapse snort fucking coke from your nostrils that you did yeah like off. Ozzy Ozzy's like you know licking the coke from my nostrils Nikki's trying to suck the heroin out of my fucking veins and I'm like probably under like five or six unconscious, like, drop-dead gorgeous hookers or something like that. Like, I, yeah. I am not built to survive Los Angeles in the 80s, man. Yeah, quick uh, quick crazy story, man. We were at the seventh fail in L.A. And, uh, you know, because when in L.A. and you spot the very club where Motley Crue shot Girls, 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 you kind of go, hey, let's duck our heads in there. Well, yeah, you kind of have to. It's Yeah. <laughs> um, man, it... We had beer that tasted like baked beans. 
they only had one beer on tap, which was the beer that tastes like baked beans. And we were the only dudes in there. And they go, hey, you want to come to the VIP area? Like, yeah, sure. Cool, whatever, whatever. And they start fucking offering. They said, if you give us your credit card, you can do whatever you want, have all the drugs you want. Like, they offered everything on a silver platter. Um, And we just all looked at each other and just couldn't stop laughing and just thundered out of there, dude. We were just out there at top speed. We were just like, (laughs) fuck this. Like, I mean, dude, what sort of gullible idiot would go, oh, okay, here's my credit card, yep. <laughs> like, dude. Probably like Aussie in the 80s where it's just like, I don't even know what that credit card is. Who cares? Like, but, dude, Mr. Like, Mr. Osborne, you've spent like $50,000 in one night. Oh, oh okay. man, fuck that <laughs> shit, man. We we ended up at the Rainbow anyway and we had a better time, so it was a good time. But, uh. Yeah, fucking hell, man. Like, yeah. weird. Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's 87, crazy. <laughs> 87 in LA, that's a different story, man. I'd be like, sign me up. Let's party. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and DJ, crank on some Huey Lewis. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it'd just be like, you know, I'm going out with Tommy Lee tonight. Um, just, I, I love you all. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know where I'm waking up tomorrow or if I'm waking up, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Um, it, it, yeah, it just, I mean, if you wake up, it would just be a fucking miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'd be like waking up going, damn it, fuck. <laughs> it just reminds me of like... Um, Mike Ness's lyrics from uh, Ball and Chain by Social Distortion, you know, will oh. I wake in the morning or maybe in the county jail? It's like, yeah. Oh, I fucking, social I love, D. Oh, dude, I love Social D so much, man. Like, I fucking adore that band. This is crazy, man. These are bands that I've only heard, like, honestly, a minuscule of what I really should have listened to a long time ago. And Social D is one of them bands. I just fucking... I think, dude, I love Mike Ness. I think he's just a cool fucking singer. Yeah. Just, dude. dude. Mike Mike is just an absolute fucking dude. The style, man. He just makes guitar playing and singing look fucking cool. Yeah, no, man. Mike Mike Ness is an absolute fucking legend and an absolute personal hero. Like, I love that man so much. And he's aged aged gracefully, man. He fucking styles, man. Like, these guys do, man. They, you know, people go, oh, the kids are old. It's like, well, yeah, here's a newsflash. Everyone's getting old. Deal with it. But they're doing it in a way that's like, it's not so obvious. They look fucking good, man. Like, they're keeping the flame alive, you know? Oh, dude, it's like, I mean, look at Nikki Six, man. It's like, Nikki looks fucking cooler now than he did in the 80s. Yeah, totally, like... man. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, man. Mike, Even Tommy Mike's... Lee, dude. Yeah. yeah, dude, exactly. I mean, Mike's just a fucking absolute legend. And yeah, your, your homework is to, like, listen to Social D's entire discography. I agree, man. I agree. I, yeah, you don't have to tell me twice, man. So, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely on the cards, man. So, there you go, boys and ghouls. There's a bit of homework for you. If you haven't listened to the bands that we've talked about, fucking change that channel and, yeah, fucking get onto it. Well, man, it always disturbs me because, like, I will... Um if I'm listening to something through the day or whatever, like, mm. 
or at night or whatever, I will mm. occasionally like just pop a video up on Facebook or something like that, just like a film clip or something like that. Or, mm. you know, if something's hitting me, if I'm in a mood and it's just like, oh, this one's getting me right in the feels, I'll pop a fucking video up or something. Fuck yeah. It always disturbs me that every time I pop a social distortion video up, no one likes it. Dude. And I'm like, what? What? Social what? media is a fucking weird thing, dude. Just a really weird thing. I'm just like, have you people not heard of like possibly one of the greatest punk bands of all time? Like, what is wrong? Yeah, but however, like, Jake. Why, why are you on my friends list? Like, why yeah. am I talking to any of you? But the thing is, man, you put up that and, and you hear crickets. But then if you put up, say, I don't know, let's say, for instance, um, a video of, of a cat fucking smiling with its eyes wide open or something stupid like a fucking kid spilling baked beans on their head and wearing it like a hat. Mm. Fucking 100 likes. Done. Oh. Thanks for coming. Dude, the horrors of social media is like – and I, I was having this conversation with someone today. Actually, I was, I was, cause I, was, I, I, was I popped in the city to get a, a new ear piercing. Mm. Um and um, fucking, I was talking to someone, and was, I, was, I was like, literally saying, like, social media is so fucked up. And you know, before we get to the movie, horrors of social media, it disturbs me a lot that you could literally jump on there, and you could just be like, man, I am fucking, you know, I'm in a bad way. I'm gonna fucking go make it down to the fucking Redcliffe Bridge and fucking throw myself into the abyss. See you yeah. later. No one would give a fuck. But yet, if I put something up saying that, you know, oh, I'm writing a fucking new script or something like that, everyone's mm. fucking up my ass. And like, you know, yeah. oh, 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 hey, when you're casting, think of me. Oh, if there's anything I can do to help. Oh, um, if you need someone to ride your coattails. And, you know, I mean, I know that sounds really fucking up myself, but it's so true, man. Like, I've, I've, I've seen it done. Like, because yeah. I'm... You know, we've talked about this before. I'm very open and honest about fucking everything on social media. Like, I give none of the fucks. Like, if I'm having a shit day and I need to talk about it, I'll fucking jump on and blast out a post or something. I don't fucking care. If I'm having a great day, I'll do the same thing. But it's just, it's really, it's really kind of fucked up. Like, Yeah, fucking yeah. I think social media has kind of, it's been great in a way, Um, you know, for connecting with people and stuff like that and, promoting your work and all that sort of stuff. But I do think it might have just kind of slightly fucked us as a species in the way we interact with each other. It's definitely um, changed our social interaction. I don't know if for the better. I don't think so. I think, and I aim that comment more at younger people, like in your, you know, early to, you know, early 20s and beforehand, because... I feel for these guys because they, they don't understand the power of communication. Like I'll give you a classic example. My recent trek up North, I rolled into, I think it was Noosa somewhere. Yeah, it was Noosa. And I, I must've passed seven or eight kids, teenagers. Right. Mm. And they were all doing the exact same thing. They were hanging out in a, on a beautiful sunny day on the side of the roads at various parts on their phones. Yeah. glued like all individually totally disconnected from each other not engaged in conversation just mm. on their phones and i was looking at this going is this what our world's turned into like yeah man dude but i feel like it's kind of fucked interactions with everyone like even people our age it's like 
you know, if you're having, you know, if you're having like not an issue, but, you know, there's, there's some, you know, some shit going down that you need to talk to people about. People don't talk anymore. They just ghost or they just avoid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, this is really fucked up. And it's like, you know, what, what's the, like, you know, I think having the option to block people on your phone, like from calling Mm. you and stuff is Mm. really shit because it's like, Mm. you know, it's so easy to just say, look, man, I just don't want to fucking talk right now or whatever, or, you know, let's fucking have a cup of coffee and sort this shit out. Like, it's just really fucked up that this is what we've come to as a species that, and as a society that we just run away from things rather than, you know, I saw a great thing the other day. It's like, you know, a lot of fucking issues and uh, problems could be solved with a fucking simple conversation, but so many motherfuckers aren't mature enough for it. Totally, dude. And it's so true, man. It's so true. It's like there is so much shit that, like, there is just solve with just like you know let's sit down have a fucking yeah. coffee have a fucking smoke or whatever and fucking just Bro, talk yeah. the shit out there is there's nothing more powerful as opposed you know today's average human will like or if you want to get colorful love a post from someone uh or 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 use an automated comment that you mm. can use without even fucking attempting to spell what you really want to say. But the real power is in basically what you've just said, engaging in a face-to-face conversation, putting your hand on your mate's shoulder or, or shaking their hand and going, how the fuck are you, dude? Mm. Having a coffee or, or beer or whatever. And just going, let's hang out. Let's talk. I yeah. mean, dude, there's, there is like we've talked about this before, man, and we'll continue to talk about it. But it's it really like it gets you places. Like having a real solid conversation with another human being, and even if it's an online chat, like actually Ooh. engaging in conversation, having a opening a dialogue that just cracks beyond small talk and just you know just yeah, man, like genuinely saying, "How the fuck are you, dude?" Like, I mean, and I, I, like I said, I know it, you're right. We have talked about this before, and we will continue to talk about it again because yeah. it, it just, it really fucking blows my mind. And that's all it blows that yeah. you can, you know, um, whether it's friendships, relationships, whatever, like you can have this really tight bond with someone and have it just drift away. And, you know, you're sitting there going, what the fuck? Like, mm. You know, and you're, you're trying to like respect people's boundaries or whatever, and you don't want to hassle them or crowd them or something. But it's just like, man, can't we fucking just get back to treating each other with some fucking empathy and shit like that? And, you know, have a fucking cup of coffee, talk like, you know, even a fucking phone call, like, you know, just a fucking just pick up the phone and like hear someone's voice rather than just this wall of text and mm. shit. And like, you know, I just, my big pet hate is when you create good memories with someone, whether it's a friend or, you know, partner or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, things drift away or or, or whatever happens. And then all those memories just kind of fade into nothing. And it's like, oh, you know, it 
kind of just never happened or something like that. Yeah. I, I find that really fucking tragic and it's really weird and it's well, a really fucked up part of human chemistry let, and let, I don't get it. Yeah, let me give you an example of 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 the power of this kind of thing, right? Now, um, you know, being being in, you know, in the fortunate position of being in my band, um there was a time, you know, when I was getting into, you know, the, the comic book thing and, and getting my comic books out there and stuff. Long story short, anyway, I find myself at comics, etc. Um, picking up some comics and dropping off some Frankensteins and all that sort of stuff. And lo and behold, like the, these three kids walk in and they just happen to be fucking Dark Cell fans. And, you know, they were just cool as fuck goth kids uh, and they were like, what's up, man? You know? And I, I just started talking to him anyway. And, and like one of the kids, his name's, uh, Quinn is a cool kid, man. And I always make time to drop him a line and say, I always check up on him, you know? Yeah. Um, I have to, I could be that fucking, you know, whatever rock star dude that just goes, yeah, thanks for supporting, buy my music, you know, and buy my comic book. Yeah, but instead I just go, "How the fuck are you, dude?" And he'll he'll like start telling me he wants to be a DJ. He he asked me and stuff, and man, I happily tell him and give him advice. And I do this for anyone, man. This kid's now fucking traveling, DJing like emo nights and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, like whatever, like you know, he's out there embracing music playing in front of crowds he's getting paid to fly around the country and play the music he loves you know even if it's being as a dj but the fact that my point is he has openly told me you know that talking to him and and given the advice has inspired him to do these sorts of no, things. No, man, that's fucking awesome. That is yeah, so awesome. Dude, but that's just by taking 5 minutes out of your fucking Whatever day, well, dude, yeah, just, man, like having this, that tangible conversation. And this is a thing. And I know, I know, we've we've kind of gone fucking, but you know what? It's our show. We'll talk about whatever the fuck we want. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, I mean, two, two prime examples of of you know the power of actually talking to someone is, um, I was going through some really tough shit a few weeks back. I, right. Um, like norm a bit more than the usual tough shit of this year. Right. And I really just wanted to, I I basically had a John Cusack in high fidelity moment. It was like, I need to talk to someone that I've dated or almost dated about this Mm -hmm. shit because Mm -hmm. like, it's driving me nuts. Anyway. Um, so I had this friend and we were friends for 10 years. Um, we were really good friends for 10 years and stuff happened with us. And then she met a guy that she married and stuff got kind of weird between us and shit like that. We haven't talked in five years. Anyway, man, I sent her a text and basically said like, you know, look, I really need a friend right now. Like, can we chat? I just need to talk to you about some stuff. And she texted me back and she said, yeah, sure. Like, you know, I got, I got an hour free. Like let's, let's talk and called up and we had a really good conversation. We both apologized for shit that happened, had a really long chat, filled each other in on our lives. And awesome. 
basically reconnected and now sort of talk every now and then and have a bit That's of a chat fantastic. about stuff. And it's just really good to have that friendship back. And, you know, she sort of said, like, you know, I'm really sorry about how this went down and that. And I'm like, hey, I'm really sorry that how shit went down and how, you know, things happened. And, you know, I wish I'd been there for you through some of the tough shit that you've been through. And, yeah, it was really good, man. Another example was today, man, I was in the city and and this is the thing that just drives me fucking nuts, man. So I'm walking down from the train to go to the piercing studio and there's this fucking homeless guy, man, and he just looked really pale and sick. He was an older dude and he's just sitting yeah. there with his cap out. It's just full of silver. And I'm just like, everyone's just walking past him and ignoring him. Just like, and I'm just like, wow. How can you not, like, it's fucking cold. How can you not, like, see this dude just sitting there, like, pale as a fucking ghost? And it's like, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people say, oh, he's probably a fucking junkie. It's like, no, he was an older guy. Like, he was just obviously down on his luck. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm standing across the road waiting across. I'm just watching him. And he just looked fucking miserable. And I'm just like, oh, man, fuck this shit. Mm. And, you know, just pulled out, like, I think I had, like, a fiver and a tenner in my wallet and fucking a bunch of shrapnel and just fucking put it in his hat. I was like, look, there you go, bro. Please go get something to eat. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. And I'm just like, don't thank me for being fucking decent to you, man. Like all of these people should have been doing the same fucking thing. And it's just like, you know, the, the 15 bucks is fucking nothing to me. But to him, it's like, that's his fucking lunch or dinner or something. You know, it's just like, well, and that's that, the truth, can't, man. Can't we not suck as a human, as a species? Like, well, this is the thing, man. Like, we, you know, we, I don't know. I said this once upon a time, not too long ago. I said, we have a tendency to treat our friends like convenience stores, you know, yeah. they're convenient when we need something, you know. Yeah. But what about, you know, every other fucking day of the week, you know, like, or, or yeah, it's, you really, I don't know. I, I guess our point is just, just be a good cunt. Yeah. You know, like just be a good person, and yeah, don't don't be a shit cunt, basically. Like... Yeah, I, I know, right? And and it sucks, man. And I I, I just I, I forever hang on to that optimistic hope that people, and and I, I've said this before in previous episodes, man. I've I've held on to some optimism bizarrely that the last two years of the madness I hoped would have taught us to appreciate one another a bit more. And as soon as things go back to normal, it kind of hasn't, Mm. you know, like people have just, I don't know, just become more insecure or more self-centered, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not discrediting, a lot of people, there are some genuinely awesome human beings out there that they do strive to be the good people that, you know, that I talk about, but there's others out there that I just like, especially in industry in the music industry and that they just haven't learned a fucking thing. Mm. And that just blows my mind, man. I just go, man, like fuck, show some appreciation. Like two years, you know, a year and a half ago, a lot of these people were fucking crying out for help and, you know, like fucking all this, and I'm not trying to have a t- have a dig at people, but they, you know, they were on the ropes, fucking, you know, screaming for help, and 
you, you know, and now, now they're back to business as usual. And it's like, well, you know, fuck everyone else, you know? That's the thing, man. I, I agree with you. I would have thought that, and this is what blows my mind with everyone in general. I would have thought that with COVID fucking rampaging around and like, you know, man, look, back in 2020, it was basically like, you know, your best friend could be dead next week if they catch this thing. Yeah. Like, you know, your someone you care about could be dead if they catch this thing. And yeah. that always stuck with me. And maybe it's that, like, you know, I have an overactive imagination and an overdeveloped sense of trauma and empathy or some fucking mm, shit. I don't know. Mm, mm. That stuck with me. And I was just like, <clears throat> you know, man, like, fucking, we should be being a lot fucking nicer to each other because, like, you know, I don't want to, like, fucking catch this fucking thing or something and, like, you know, have the last thing I say to someone be something shitty. And it just feels like no one's, no one else has sort of taken that lesson on board. It's like... Not really. You know, I could fucking die tomorrow or something and, like, you're, you know, the last thing you're going to do is ignore me or be a cunt to me or fucking be a jerk off. yeah, I mean... That's so fucked up to me because it's like, man, haven't the last couple of years taught us anything about mm. how fragile like life and the world is and all that sort of shit? But... John Karabi said one of the cool, most, I don't know, it hit home what he said and there was so much truth behind it. Um, former singer of Motley Crue, as he's mo- most famously known. But he said something interesting in an interview recently where he said, um, it's if there's something really important you need to do, it's tell, tell people that you love them, Mm. you know, make sure you tell your partner that you love them. Make sure you tell your family that you love them because when you walk out that door, that might be the last time. Yeah. You just don't know. So, you know, these people that like, you know, when, when you make the effort to reach out to people and, and say, how are you, man? And stuff. And they ignore your message for weeks on end. It's like, that could be a grave mistake, man, because mm. you have potentially missed an opportunity to connect and get some what I consider valuable uh, emotional um, currency. Yeah, you know, from from having a, a human conversation with another person. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, man. And like, you know, to get. Um... Yeah, there's someone out there going, are you fuckers going to get to the fucking horror movie or what? Like, you started talking about 1987. <laughs> now you've gone on this weird-ass fucking emo tangent. Oh, but know, we're right. getting to it. We're getting to it. I yeah, promise we are, you we're we getting are, to we it. Are, we're we just, are. you know, it's our podcast and we'll cry if we want to. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, dude. But, but that, yeah. that, is, that is something that I'm <laughs> genuinely, um, that that is honestly, man, like what you just said, like what John Karabi said, it's like, that is something I am genuinely struggling with right this very second mm. is that I literally have something really important to say to someone, but I can't actually access them to say it um, because of not wanting to push boundaries, not wanting to make them uncomfortable and stuff like that. But it's like, Man, if you can get that shit out to someone you care about, fucking do it. Because I am mm. right here to tell you it will chew you up inside if you can't. Because you know, 
if you, know, you listen really closely, you can hear it nomming away at me. Yeah. Me. It's like nom, 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 nom. You know like, what I'm a huge fan up, of? Man. I'm a huge fan of the old school writing a letter on a piece of pe- on a piece of paper. Mm. Or or getting a card. I mean, you yeah. can go to any news agent, buy yourself a little card mm. and post a fucking letter to a person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've I've literally uh written a letter to this person and I have it sitting in reserve and it's like it's kind of like my nuclear option if all else fails and yeah. the contact completely breaks down. It's like, all right, well, you know what? I'm fucking sending you this and let the chips fall where they may. But it's really, it's really difficult, man. It's really difficult when you're, and especially as a guy, because, you know, you don't want to come off as like a fucking stalker or a creeper or like no, you're disrespecting not. boundaries and shit like that. And, all that sort of stuff. Like, you know, you want to be respectful. You want to, you want to give the person the space that, you know, they need or the time that they need or whatever. But absolutely. on the other hand, it's like, you know, it's always like, and I feel like it happens when you get over 40 is like, it's ticking in the back of your head. Like, you know, my time's running out. Like I've only got a little bit of time left and any day could be the day. Um, you know, especially like we just got through a fucking pandemic, like where we're all like, holy shit, we could drop dead in the streets. Um, yeah, man, it's fucking, it's a fucking tough world to navigate fucking, especially with social media and stuff. Cause it's like, you know, it, it feels sometimes like if you lose the connection on social media, it's gone for good. Yeah. I feel that same way. Cause you know, we're all so disconnected and sprawled out. It's like the chances of running into someone, like just at a shopping center or something or, yeah. you know, popping over to their house and just going, Hey, you want to hang out or something like that? that mm-hmm. Those days feel like they're gone forever. Like It's crazy because I, for me, I remember more so, I remember tangible conversations in person. Like, for example, I remember the brief, the first time, the first and only time that you and me have met in person and our conversation and our as brief as it was, I remember that over fucking uh, I don't know, just the 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 myriad of fucking emails that we've yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I remember those conversation that conversation so much more. <laughs> I remember like hanging out and having coffee with dear friends. Mm. Like I remember those moments so much more vividly than I do some fucking black and white message that I sent over Facebook or something. You know, like. Mm. It's, it's, I guess the point of what we're saying, boys and ghouls, is the power of personal interaction with people. It holds so much more weight than just dropping the fucking one or two line fucking message. Yeah. If you can, if you can, you know, talk to someone in person or quick, give them a call on the phone, dude, fucking do it, man. It, it, it's, uh, you, well, you'll, you'll feel better. Yeah, man, it's like that. It's like that fucking uh, couple of screenshots from Reality Bites that I posted the other week, where it's like you know Ethan Hawke and Winona Ryder, and he's like, you know, this is all we need: you and me, cup of coffee, couple of smokes, con- good conversation. It's like, and I posted that, and I was like, these have been some of the best times of my life. Yeah. Like, you know, I I have very vivid memories of shit like that, and I can remember fucking everything like yeah yeah and it's 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 real man it's it's you know it's 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 good and it, mm. it should happen more fucking often fuck yeah how freaky is this chat man this is cool i like yeah this. You know, this is good this is good 
Are we, are we doing? Are we doing Freaky Friday, or is this like a, a proto Happy Days episode? Oh man, like this is that? crazy. No, it, it's good. It's it's Freaky Therapy. It's good, man. It's good, and uh, I'm hoping that the two people listening to this episode, <laughs> if there's three, fuck, we're doing all right. But um, you know, yeah, man, if people the way my luck is yeah. running, the the person that I was literally just talking about that I need to talk to is probably gonna fucking listen to this, and you know, shit's just gonna blow up in my face. <laughs> It's the way it always happens. You're going to die and go to hell. It's like, it's literally the way it always happens. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll post something or I'll just be like, yeah, this person's not going to see it. They haven't fucking looked at my shit in forever. Oh, then today's the day they've decided to look at it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And now I've just dumped myself in a giant. Nah, you'll be right, man. Shit. You'll be right. You'll be right. <laughs> Think positive, positive thoughts. Well, yes, boys. I have. I have. <laughs> yeah good good so we've promised you a freaky friday and we're going to give it to you unfortunately we do have to go to a commercial break but when we come when back, we get back oh yeah there's a reason why we talked about 1987 and you're gonna another awesome reason why 87 ruled um dude i think it's possibly one of the greatest years that ever fucking existed yeah, I think you could be onto something, man. Like, 87 was a fucking gem. I'm going to have to do a fucking dive into this and do some fact-checking on this and find out what else was going on around 87. And it, we're going to have to do a rad episode about this. But I think yeah. it was Full Metal, Full Metal Jacket was 87 as well, I think. Oh, man, it's just so much great shit, dude. Mm. And a lot of kids are going to go, oh, that wasn't even good. Shut the fuck up, you Morrissey fan. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's like, man, I wasn't even born when fucking Hendrix is around, but or Elvis for that matter. And I fucking love those guys, dude. So, yeah, go suck a fuck, dude. Like, seriously. yeah, well, I mean, come on, Jaws, man. Like, you know, Jaws, right? Like, I would, man. The, actually, it's funny. The the Happy Days episode this week, I talked to a regular fan, right? Like a, mm. a guy, a guy that's a, a good dude. Like, yeah, he has no huge claim to fame or anything like that. He's just a guy that is a passionate fan of music and movies and fucking like, anyway, you'll have to check out the episode to find out, but oh, talk, of course I will. we talk about his, his trip to New York to go to Coney Island for the Warriors anniversary meeting the cast and everything. But one of the coolest things he talked about was being a kid and his first cinematic experience was seeing Jaws on the big screen with his oh, parents. Nice. How's that for fucking parenting? <laughs> if fucking my great. if my parents took me to go see Jaws, I would just say, thank you. I'd be so happy. <laughs> I really would. The weird thing is, so I uh, before before we go to our uh, No More Mori commercial. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so weird thing is, I actually saw part of Jaws at a drive-in as a kid because so it was uh, 82 or 83, and I really wanted to see Blade Runner because Han Solo was in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, it's sci-fi. Han Solo's in it. It's going to be yeah. just like Star Wars. Uh, I really wanted to see Blade Runner. I had no fucking idea what it was about. So I went to the drive-in with my family, and there were two movies. It was a double bill because drive-ins did double bills back then. Mm, mm. First movie was Jaws, which I was not allowed to watch. So I basically had to like lay in the back of the car and not look at the screen 
Damn. For the duration of Jaws to get to Blade Runner, yeah. which I fucking fell asleep. And so oh. I, like, I saw like a little bit of Jaws and a tiny bit of Blade Runner when I woke up, and that was that was the whole experience. So I partially saw Jaws and Blade Runner at a di- at a drive-in. That's pretty dang cool, man. Yeah, it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of tragic. It's just like, oh god, I missed out mm. on like two of the greatest films of all time at a drive-in. Like, <laughs> fuck but my you, were, you were cut, you were there in spirit, so that's the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, I was snoozing through it, like you know. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, boys and girls, we'll be back after this commercial break where we will talk about 1987's Predator. Get to the chopper. Yeah, over here. Over here! <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> All right. We'll be, we'll be back. What's that? Your voice sounds like Marcy? And you don't want to? Well, you need No More Mari. That's right, No More Mari, the fantastic new spray. Come to you in a fast action pump that will dissolve that wretched Marcy tone in your voice and stop you singing those wretched hits. Or shall we say, shits. One after the other. Yes, No More Mari. Available now at all good retailers for five ninety five. Disclaimer, no Marcy fans were affected or alive during the course of the experimental procedures for this spray. We have returned. We have returned. That was a hell of a commercial break. Yeah, wasn't it? Mm. Felt like it went for a whole day. It really did, didn't it? Funny <laughs> how time works like that. Apologies for the delays, but we're here. We are here. Ah, no one will notice. I know. <laughs> Does anyone ever notice? I don't know. So anyway, that was uh, that was a good first part to the uh, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was killer. Little, little bit deep and meaningful. Yeah, so you know what? Sometimes it's good to do that. Go deep and meaningful. It just gives you the warm and fuzzies, make you feel good about life and all that jazz. And yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I hope someone gets something out of it. So do I, man. Which leads us to. A bit of a time warp, 1987. We were just before the ad break, we were talking about what a great year that is for for stuff, and we'll probably, I don't know, explore it a bit more in an episode of Rad, just because uh, I think it'd be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like you know, kill fucking kill a year for movies, man. Like absolutely killer. I know, right? It's just mind boggling. I mean, yeah. Anyway, don't get me started, but um. The movie that we are going to talk about uh, involves, oh, I don't know, so many incredible moments in cinematic history. Um, we And ironically, it. We're, yeah. land, we're landing on its 35th anniversary. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, 35th anniversary this week, man. Damn, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, we totally planned that. Yeah, we totally planned that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, because we're professional like that, you know. We uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Research and uh, oh, so planning well. and forethought, and you know, yeah, yeah. Many hours in the boardroom, just you know, ironing out the kinks and you know, just sussing it out. Which leads us to this movie, <clears throat> the one and only Arnold Schwarzenegger classic, Predator. 
Yeah, that one. That, that just sounds like a fucking cat. What am I doing? It does sound like a cat. What am I doing? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Anyway, you know, you get the idea. It's got the cool sound effects. And I don't know about you, Jack, but the first time I saw this film, man, I was blown away uh, by the reveal of The Predator. I did not see that coming. I man. thought it was just a blow-up movie and army commandos. Same. I, I saw this, the first time I saw this was, um, I had seen, uh, trailers for it and mm. shit on videos Yeah, <clears throat> and I was just like, whoa, this looks fucking cool. Yeah, like, dude. And you know, that whole scene where the predator picks up the scorpion, the dead scorpion in his hand, it's thermal vision. I was like, yeah, oh, this thing's got like a scorpion tattoo on its hand or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is rad? Um, but I saw this on video for the first time because it was like right the peak of the eighties, and I was like really getting into fucking Arnie and everything mm. Arnie related. Um, Arnie mm. was good business, man. Well, I mean, I was like ten when I saw this, man. It was like that sweet spot where, like, you know, every kid was just like Schwarzenegger, just the fucking coolest. Yeah. Um, I love and... those debates. As a kid, man, like you debate about Chuck Norris, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sly Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. Good times, man. Yeah, Good man, times. Right. right? Um, yeah. And yeah, I saw this on video uh, one afternoon on school holidays with a friend and I we were just fucking blown away. It was just yeah. like, whoa, like this movie is fucking awesome. I mean, how fucking mad was that moment when, when you saw The Predator, but not only saw The Predator... You saw it take its fucking mask off and you saw the head and just went, What the fuck? Yeah, man, right. And I mean I mean that 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 Stan Winston design is just fucking killer. Like And we kind of prefaced it a few episodes ago when we were having our John Jean Claude Van Damme appreciation episode and we we're talking about the uh you well actually you brought it up. I didn't actually know at the time. But you were talking about the Van Damme being the original Predator. Yeah. And wearing the, the lobster suit. And I was like, ha, 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 yeah, right. I looked it up and went, oh, my fucking God. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was literally a lobster suit. Yeah. Well, and it pops up in, um, I think I, I mentioned it in the Van Damme episode. It actually, that lobster suit, um, as a fully realized creature, pops up in Predators, the third sequel, mm. um, when they just before, I think it's just before they run into Lawrence Fishburne. It's like dead and nailed to a tree or some shit yeah, like that. Right. Yeah, um, yep. Which is probably where it should belong because <laughs> it was fucking terrible. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, that Stan Winston design is just amazing. Like, absolutely, man. Yeah. It's, it, it's legendary. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know. And I mean, that's one of the things that always bugs me about the prequels, the sequels rather, is that they just keep trying to like, oh, we've got to make the Predator bigger and better. And it's just like, mm. no, you just, you can't improve on perfection, guys. Sorry. You can't. And, and there's no point. And, and I feel sometimes like, I don't know, would you agree in a, in a way that there might be studio pressure behind those decisions? Oh, absolutely, man. And you, you see it every time in any um, monster or creature movie. Yeah. They've always got to like, when they come back to it, like, you know, they keep doing it with aliens as well. They keep trying to like, you know, oh, we've got to redesign the alien and, and make mm. it. It's like, no, mm. you actually don't. It's pretty fucking perfect as it is. Um, yeah. And same with Predator. I mean, you know, we saw it in Predators, you know, they've got yeah. the, the 
uh, other species or clan of predator that's like bigger and badder and you know whatever and then we saw it again in um the predator with that stupid fucking nine foot tall fucking gigantic unarmored predator (laughs) fucking thing whatever the fuck it was it was just like guys 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 there is a reason why the design and this monster and this movie are absolute classics and yeah you just can't improve on it. Like, no, and let it that, go. That, that's why I'm breathing a sigh of relief because I got a feeling we're gonna we're gonna be kicking it old school with Prey, you know, when that comes mm. out. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, I think we're gonna see a, 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 a scaled back, finessed back to basics predator that is gonna make many <laughs> diehard fans very happy. Well, I mean, that's what's so great about this movie is that it's such blend of different genres like Mm. yeah it's an action movie it's a sci-fi movie it's a horror movie it's a you know slasher adjacent movie i mean essentially you've got an unseen monster slash killer you know picking off people one by one which is you know the plot for like every fucking slasher movie ever like from halloween through to friday the 13th through to nightmare on elm street so it's like you know, this movie's just such a great blend of like action and science fiction and horror and yeah. thriller as well. Like, absolutely, I mean, this movie's really fucking tense. Like, it you know, keeps it keeps you, you compelled. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, you don't see the predator until like at least like you see hints, mm. but you don't see it until a good 20, 30, 40 minutes into the movie. That's right, and and that's what's the. The great thing about this film, it's the, that slow burn. It doesn't give, doesn't deal all the cards straight away. It just, it builds to it. Like, yeah, the, the way the pace builds is so beautifully done. I'm such a fan of, this is one of the best films, film examples of setting a pace and building to a crescendo that just still blows my mind today. Oh uh, man, look, I swear, I swear blind, like John McTiernan, like you cannot touch for action direction like and and well-crafted cinema like you can't touch john mckinnon from like 1986 or so through to about 1999 Mm. like that i mean predator die hard um you know die hard with vengeance like the 13th warrior like the dude knew his shit yeah i mean this is the thing man you know this is a movie made at the right right audience for the right appreciation um and i feel you know this is one of them occasions where i am stoked to be old man on the rocking chair because we got to witness something that is now tarnished by the streaming services and and the multiple sequels that have come forth since where you kind of know we're dealing with aliens whereas that that time period being a kid watching predator for the first time you didn't think it was a fucking alien movie. You thought it was a fucking, just a good old rumble in the well, jungle army come up. Yeah. I mean, you, you figured it was just another Schwarzenegger flick. Like, yeah, you just figured yeah, totally. it was going to be like, oh, okay. Arnie's going into the jungle with a team of dudes and he's going to take out like, you know, guerrilla fighters or a drug cartel or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was, a, there was a bit of mystery behind it and that was the cool thing about it. And it's, it's one of them things that you don't see much of today, which, you know, it's, it's sadly missed, but man. Well, that, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about, <clears throat> I mean, it, well, uh, you know, I, I'm going to keep saying that's the mm, great thing mm. about Predator, but there's so many great things about Predator. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll, so we'll far, break them down. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's like this, I mean, two, two things. It's like, number one, this movie was a surprise, and I really miss being surprised going yes. into a movie. Like, I, I do. I, I really, that's one of the big things I miss and one of the things I feel the internet has kind of fucked up for us is that, <clears throat> you know, back then you could go to the video store or go to the cinema and, like, you, you've only seen one trailer. Yeah. And a poster, maybe. Um, and you would be genuinely surprised by the movie. Like, you'd walk out going, whoa, what the fuck? Um and the other great thing is that when Predator came out, it was, you know, much like Alien and Aliens and Robocop and so many other great films mm. from that period. It was a completely new IP. Like it was a, a new intellectual property. It was it wasn't a, a comic adaptation adaptation. No. It wasn't a book adaption. It wasn't like an old TV show. It wasn't a sequel. It wasn't a prequel. It wasn't a reboot. It was just this own brand new fresh thing and that was so fucking cool it was innovative it was ahead of the curve it just i mean this is the thing man 87 delivered the goods yet again and gave us such a creative masterpiece of visual and well-written fucking awesomeness man like yeah i mean this is a well-written script greatly cast film with and Winston just giving us a fucking awesome monster. Yeah, man, yeah. And, I mean, it's it's just, it's so, like, the characters are also great. And what, what's great about the film and the way the script is structured is that, I mean, it's a very macho fucking doobly oh, film. It's um, rich in testosterone. Like, it, it really is. And, I mean, with that cast, how couldn't it be? Because, you know, all, all of these clowns were all like, you know, I mean, you, you watch the, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's like, you know, Aunt Arnie and Jesse Ventura are having, like, you know, bicep-measuring contests and shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, th- these, these clowns were just fucking, you know, dick-measuring beyond limits. Well, um, I mean, they were, they were at their, their physical peak at that time hmm. as well, you know. Arnie was in full Arnie mode. Like, he was, you, you know, he was the super, the bodybuilding superstar and Jesse Ventura was the retired wrestler but still, you know, had star power behind him. Yeah. And you had Carl Webbers who was, um, you know, fresh off uh, the Rocky franchise. Yeah. And, you know, looking to, I guess, bust his way into the action film genre as well. Um, anyone well, remember Action Jackson? I was literally just about to <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Isn't it is great? so uh, great. It's such a good time. I can, I can um, smell a rat episode coming up. Yeah, I got to rewatch that at some point. Because, yeah, I have not watched Action Jackson in years. And, yeah, that movie is just fucking great. Um, I was actually, actually going to mention to you, remember Stone Cold with Brian Bob? Fucking A, do I? Yes. I've got to do a rat episode on that. Because I was literally looking at my Blu-ray shelf today and I was like, 
oh, what do I feel like watching? I, I was just in one of those moods where I just could yeah. not fucking decide what to watch. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I should watch Stone Cold again. I was like, because it's fucking rad. We should do an episode on Stone Cold because that movie is so fucking criminally underrated and great. It is. It is. Um, it's, it's a brilliant film. Yeah. But but back to Predator. Um, mm. But yeah, like, I mean, just t- such a great cast. And as I was saying, like, the, the great thing about the script and the way that it's crafted is that it gives you time to get to know these characters. Yes. And you develop like a sense of the, the really fucking clever thing about Predator is that I feel like it makes you part of the gang. Like, you know, the, the time you spend with these characters, the, the, the way you get to know them, like the in jokes between them, like, you know, you, you really get a sense that these guys have, being a team and being like a unit for a long time. Yes. And, you know, this it is... really pulls you into it and makes you part of that. So you give a fuck about these yeah. guys when they start getting knocked off. Because we, we had a good chat about this uh, on the Aliens episode where yeah. we talked exactly about that building relationships, camaraderie, and mm. which was beautifully done between the Marines, you know, like yeah. the whole real, like the, there was real interplay between these characters and such is the case in Predator. Yeah. Like, these guys are, like, you think, you are left to believe these guys have served together for a long time, they know each other intimately, and they go into battle watching each other's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, I mean, that's the, that's the great thing as well with um, Carl Weathers' character, like with Dylan. It's like, mm. you know, he's, he's an old you know, him and Dutch have been buddies for ages. Like, you really get that impression um, just from the interplay that they have. And um, the really cool thing is, like, you know, no one else trusts Dylan. Like, he's he's an outsider in the group. Yeah. But, you know, he, you know, through the course of everything, starts to earn their trust. And, yeah, it's just, it's so well put together because there are so many cliched moments that this script and film could take absolutely those characters like you know you could have the whole like you know rift between dylan and dutch and everything but it's just like no shit goes down and these guys just all pull together and get their shit together to fight this fucking unseen fucking thing that's picking them off and it's really fucking cool and i feel like it was really well written well put together and it didn't follow the usual kind of 80s action tropes that you would see in that sort of film. No, it definitely avoided that. You know, it it would be very easy for there to be like, you know, this three-way conflict between like Dutch and his team and Dylan and the Predator and like, you know, everyone's at cross purposes and Dylan's going to betray them and all this sort of shit. But they don't do that, which is great. Yeah, it's really good. And there's there's enough like you said before there is enough time in this film to build uh you know feelings for these characters which is a weird thing to talk about but you know just just the 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 characters like jesse ventura's character um the the american in uh the native american indian character oh billy billy is fucking cool dude funny story um i i was watching the uh behind the scenes stuff and apparently Um, the studio didn't want to hire Sonny Laddam, um, who I think is dead now, sadly. Oh. Um, 
they didn't want to hire him because he was too much of an insurance risk. And the only way McTiernan could get him on the film is if he hired a bodyguard for him. Really? Uh, and the bodyguard wasn't to protect him. It was to protect everyone else from him because apparently he was a bit of a fucking loose cannon. Yeah, I get that vibe, man, because there was a believability to his character, man. Like, I was just yeah. like, how much is this? How much of this guy is actor and how much of this guy is legit? Because yeah. he, you know, of all the all the characters, like everyone played their, their role extremely well. But this guy, I mean, he stood out for me personally. I He was kind of like my yeah. favorite in the sense of this guy's badass, man. Like he's like this, this, this guy is pretty much, uh, you know, uh, in some ways a one man version of what we're probably going to see in the Prey movie. Mm. You know, he's he's aware of his surroundings on the next level. Like, he's in tune with nature. He's in tune with the spirits. Um, and he's also probably a stubby short of a six-pack. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of really cool stuff um, behind the scenes with this. Like, um, Richard Chavez, who played Hawkins, uh, the dude that gets fucking clipped with the log and, you know, all yeah. up. Yeah. He was actually a Vietnam vet. Like, he talks about that, like, wow. before he got into acting and stuff. And, um, yeah, just a lot of cool little behind-the-scenes stuff that I feel all the cast, like, all of these guys brought to this film that just gave it a lot of authenticity and realism and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, it, it's... I, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, it's something that we mentioned on our Warriors episode on Rad where, you know, we mentioned about you know, a lot of the extras were real gang members and stuff like that. I think those uh, are important ingredients to incorporate in a film, like mm. to really sell sell the product. I'm not saying go out and get a bunch of frigging killers or, you know, whatever to put in your films, but depending what you're putting together, uh, something, something like this, um, I think it's applicable to have a legit Vietnam veteran. Yeah. And uh, it just adds to, you know, what you're trying to build in the jungle. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was really well put together. Yeah, well, it just it just adds an air of authenticity to the film and, you know, just the way these guys work together and camaraderie. Because, I mean, you know, you got to imagine, like, this dude's been in fucking Nam and stuff mm. like that. He's been in, you know, probably, like, platoons and stuff like that of guys that have that sort of camaraderie around them. So, like, you know, it's just something you can't fake. And if you do fake it, I feel like it's always kind of picked up on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just touching on Van Damme... I Mr. Van M episode, we highly suggest you go back and listen to it because it was a good one. I, I really enjoyed that one. But um, yeah, Van Dam was originally cast to play the Predator. Um, and the, the whole concept behind the Predator originally was to be more of an agile-based uh, alien that could yeah, move a lot, a lot more free. Yeah, so hence why they cast Van Dam because he is, at that time, was very agile, very, you know, I mean, fuck, you've only just got to watch any of his previous early films to get an idea of his physical attributes. Yeah. But um, putting a big suit on him to do all that was a task in itself. And uh, yeah, well, uh, apparently a ventilated suit and there was a lot of complaints from, from him to the, you know, the powers of be about 
being too hot. And I think at one point he if dehydrated at one point or passed out. I would out say so because apparently a lot of the cast were dehydrated or sick yeah. and stuff like that. And mm. um, Arnold's actually talked about it. He's like, you know, there are certain scenes in the movie where he's like, you know, if you look, it's like he drops like, you know, 10 pounds between shots wow. thing, because it's like, you know, there were days where he was like massively dehydrated and just like, you know, sick as all fuck. And yeah, it was a whole thing. Um, but uh, yeah, so apparently it was, it was a pretty arduous shoot from all accounts, um, mm. you know, cause they actually did go and shoot. Like they didn't just, did they shoot find it in the jungles yeah they like... they actually shot in central america um wow. they they shot in um oh man yeah it was some, somewhere in south america it was mm. where they shot um but uh yeah like it wasn't just like you know oh let's just go onto the back lot over at uh, warner brothers or something like that or head out into the forest in california like they went to the real joint damn that's crazy and i believe mctiernan has said um it was because for the production values, basically it was because like he was basically saying, look, you know, the jungle there doesn't look like the jungle anywhere else. Like, and he's right. I mean, you can, you can tell like, I mean, some, some of the shots in this movie are just fucking gorgeous. Like the scenery and stuff is like, wow, that's yeah. just amazing. That's so cool, man. Um, yeah. There, there's some gorgeous cinematography in this film. Like a lot of the, you know the 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 setup shots leading into the jungle, the helicopter Ooh. sequences, all that sort of like. Again, you know, we got to give props to the, to the pace of this film, the way it just builds up from, you know, building up these guys to be this fucking you know awesome crack team of mercenaries, to you know, you know, before you know it, they're they're all showing fear, and you see the fear in their eyes. And Billy was my favorite of of seeing that fear um you know when he realizes that they're up against something not of this world mm. uh that was fucking masterfully done dude like yeah uh and and yeah the the realization hit pretty hard and i don't know it's one of those things that you rarely see on camera uh convincingly in my opinion mm. anyway but um yeah, look, I mean, Van, the, the, the whole Van Damme thing, I'll, I'll put that one to bed with, uh, you know, he was, the other thing about Van Damme was besides the dramas with the suit and everything else, I mean, dude, the, the guy was five foot nine. He, yeah. He was pretty fucking short. And considering that Jesse Ventura and Arnold Schwarzenegger were over six foot tall, um, yeah, the, shit didn't work out. And no. Kevin Peter Hall, who stands at a modest <laughs> seven foot, was uh, recast in, into the role, and I mean, let's let's. I mean, that scene where you know Dutch has gone full fucking native, and um, you know, is is facing off against the predator. I mean, mm. when you're a kid, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger's like a giant. Like, yeah, he, he's Conan the fucking barbarian. Like, he is like, you know, you, you're you're watching shit like Commando and stuff like that, and he's just a fucking tank like he is towering over dudes he's like holding fucking david patrick kelly up by one hand by the leg mm. and dangling him over a cliff and carrying logs and shit like that so you know but by, by the time you get to predator it's just like oh arnold's just fucking huge man he's massive mm. 
And then you get to that scene, and I think it's so masterful that McTiernan shot that in a wide because it's like you see Arnold Schwarzenegger, who, you know, in your mind is a giant of a man. Yes, yeah. Facing off across a pond from this thing that is just towering over him, like by a good, you know, head, shoulders and partial torso, like Mm. – you know, this thing is just massive and it's towering over him. And you're just like, holy fuck. And then you get the confrontation after that, which is something we had not seen in any Arnie movie. Cause it's like, Arnie was always like Mr. Indestructible. Like, you know, well, he was, wasn't he? I mean, you, you know, commando, it's like, he gets shot. He, you know, kind of winces for a bit, crawls into a garden shed and then comes out and murders like five guys with garden tools. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, nothing really phased Arnie, but then it's like you get to Predator and then, you know, you see this thing towering over him. Then you get that final fight and Arnold gets the shit kicked out of him. Like massively. Like, yeah, it's not subtle. He just gets beaten to utter fuck by this thing. And like, you know, he's scrambling for his life to try and get to these traps that he's set up to fucking try and kill this thing. And it's only through sheer luck that he manages to actually take it out. And even then, he doesn't kill it. Like, he, you know, sort of mortally wounds it. But, like, it was pretty innovative for to see, like, that. Like, to see an action hero be willing to, you know, go with the script enough and, you know, put whatever ego that they may have had at the time aside and go yeah, I'm cool with this fucking giant alien kicking 10 shades of fucking shit out of me for like a good yeah, totally. five, five to 10 minutes for the finale of this film. Like that was fucking pretty ballsy, man. Yeah, it was ballsy as fuck, dude. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's sort of what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about as well with like, you know, the, this, this movie and script sort mm. of defying conventions because it's like in an 80s action movie, you would not, see that normally you would like you know you get to the third act you know you'd build up towards the big confrontation with the hero and the villain they'd have a big fucking knockdown drag out fight you know go toe to toe and you know shoot at each other or have a fucking knife fight or beat the fuck up beat the fuck out of each other you know but with with predator like you didn't get that like you know you didn't even get like a pissy sort of one-liner at the end like it's literally Arnold just looking at this thing. Um, and I mean, I love that exchange because I mean, a lot of people, it, it sort of goes over a lot of people's head. They think the predator is just mimicking Arnold, but it's like, you know, you get to the end and Arnie's looking at him and he's going, what the hell are you? Yeah, exactly. And the predator looks back at him and he's like, well, what the fucking hell are you like? And you re- I, I always read that as the predator, like, posing a question to Arnold. It's like, you know, Arnold's like, what the hell are you? Like some fucking alien or something like that. And the Predator's like, well, what the fuck are you? Like, dude, you just fucked me up. Like, I've never met anyone like you. Like, yeah. wow. You know? Um, and I, I always thought that was really cool and just really subtle. And like I said, it goes over a lot of people's heads. They think it's just the Predator doing its mimic thing. But it's like, I always read it as the predator, like asking a genuine question of surprise. Like what the fuck are you? Like I came down here to hunt you. Like, 
and you've actually fucked me up. Like, this is something I have never experienced before, ever. And I, I always thought that was just really fucking cool. Yeah, fucking A, man. It was so, it's so true, man. It's, uh, yeah, fuck, dude, it's, um, just such a, just such a well fucking put, I, I can't even top what you've just said there. That, that... well there's a there's another really great predator theory that and it 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 actually if you watch the movie back like i've I've heard this and it actually works and that is that mac and blaine jesse ventura's character were actually a couple and when i first heard it i was like okay is this one of those things where we're just reading way too much into shit but then i rewatched the film and sort of looked at it through that and i'm just like holy fuck that actually works fuck because yeah. it's like the the way mac after like you know mac loses his shit after blaine gets killed like yeah when fucking poncho gets killed uh not poncho fucking um yeah poncho uh shane black's character with the glasses it's like when he gets killed no one gives a shit everyone's just like oh i don't fucking know i can't <laughs> find i didn't you know did you find him oh, i can't tell <laughs> but, you know uh, Blaine gets taken out by the Predator. Mac fucking loses it. And then he is just distraught. He is just broken for the rest of that film. And then there's that great moment where, you know, um, Arnie's like trying to comfort him. And he's like, you know, oh, you know, he was a good soldier. And Mac sort of pauses and says he was uh, my friend. And Arnie, like, if you watch it, Arnie gives him this look like, oh, fuck, I didn't even know. And it's, it just, it, it's really subtle, but I'm like, I I sort of watched the movie with, with that in mind. And I'm like, holy shit, that actually kind of makes a lot of sense. So we could have people, we could have had, you know, Representation, gay representation in Predator in 1987, and you didn't even know about it. So well, there you go. It, any any, any uh, LGBT listeners to the show, go back and watch Predator. You could, in fact, find some representation <laughs> in there, and um, it could be your new icon movie to watch. Because I'm just saying, you could read that both ways, and it makes sense for both of them. That's good, man. Fuck, man. That was a... That was an epic tirade. That was good. That was good. <laughs> really good. Um, oh, dude, I have watched this movie so many fucking times because this is one of those movies that is just infinitely rewatchable. Like, oh, no matter it is, what, it it, like, you know, there's, there's a bunch of them out there. This, Aliens, um, you know, The Warriors, Robocop. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, you know. There's so many, so many of the movies Beverly from this Hills period Club. are just, yeah, man, they're just yeah. infinitely rewatchable. It's like, no matter what mood you're in, you can throw them on and just enjoy them and, you know, kind of just get lost in the fun because this yeah. movie is a lot of fun and there's some funny fucking shit in there too. Yeah, like, there is. There is. There's, my, there's a lot of really good one-liners. Oh yeah, dude, the one-liners in this movie are beyond reproach. I think the only Arnie movie that comes close to topping the one-liners in Predator is possibly the running man. Um, yeah. Yeah. But one, one of my favorite, favorite moments of like oh fuck off was uh you know via rescue team not assassins yeah yeah and so you proceed to go and rescue an entire guerrilla army from what the illusion of life 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like you go into the jungle and you slaughter this encampment. <laughs> and, and then, you know, several thousand acres of rainforest with the minigun and shit. Like, yeah, it's pretty it's wild. Like, fucking rescue team jesus christ don't fucking come and rescue me man yeah like... it's pretty funny like and uh, i also like the the bit with uh arnie you know um with the the tree the the vlog going through the dude and he goes stick around yeah 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 <laughs> it's like and and a lot of those one-liners are all ad lib from arnie they're not in the script so yeah. It's fucking like you know th- this guy was ahead of his game man. he he knew what he was doing he was fucking he was on fire at that point, dude. Like, he could do no wrong. Oh, um, dude, I mean, you know, get get to the chopper. Yeah, exactly. Over here, over here. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of good good moments. But, um, yeah, dude, look, fucking, I got I to gotta mention about the Predator himself, man. Like, the Predator is a work of art, dude. Like, the costume oh. weighed, weighed over 200 pounds. Mm. And, like... Yeah, as I said before, Kevin Peter Hall was like seven foot, uh, over seven foot tall, large guy. Mm. And uh, apparently, I'm pretty sure he had to be connected to a bungee rig to to be able to move more believably. Um, Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Yeah. That, 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 I have heard that, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, you know, the, the, you know, props to Stan Winston and his team, man. The, I mean, like, dude, the work like, in li- this suit is incredible. Literal quick nod to what a genius Stan Winston was. Mm. Um, he was actually uh, he got the job to redesign the Predator, kind of, kind of last minute. He actually completely designed the entire Predator, drew it, sketched it out on a plane trip. Um, wow. J- James Cameron has recalled this story because him and Cameron were on a flight together. And Jim Cameron basically said, like, yeah, I just sat there and watched him sketch the whole thing out the dreadlocks, the mandibles, the whole bit, like on a plane trip. You got to wonder what was going through his head when he was con- coming up with this idea. Like, like that man was just an absolute genius. And I think it is a fucking tragedy that he is gone. Like, it is. It's a big tragedy. Like, the amount of stuff, like, iconic creatures that came from Stan Winston's brain yeah, is just, like, dude, the list goes on forever. The Alien Queen, the Terminator, the Predator, Pumpkinhead, um, you know. It's a long the, and illustrious the, list. The dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Like, yeah. the man was an unparalleled genius of yeah. creature design. Like... You know, this is this is the power of creativity in the eighties, man. It was at a fucking all time high, dude. Mm. And yeah. and he was like at the forefront, like along with guys like Rick Baker, you know, mm. th- these yeah, guys Tom, were Tom Savini, Tom Savini, you know. yeah, like guys were masters of gore. Like they were wizards, mm. dude. And they they knew what they were doing and um, yeah, man, it was it was they were like the cowboys of special effects at that time, dude. They were it was the wild I mean, that's that's the genius, man, is that it's like not only do you come up with these creature designs on paper, which in itself is like, holy fuck, just mind-blowing, mm, mm. but then you actually work out a way to execute it and make it work in a believable and, you know, camera-worthy fashion in reality, which is just 
holy shit. Like, mm. fuck, you know, my left nut for an ounce of that creativity, man. Like, Jesus. I, I agree, man. I agree. It's it's it, it, it's just one of those things you just really have to just, just appreciate with, you know, the, the greatest of respect. Because, I mean, mm. this is, you know, leagues ahead of its... Uh, uh, well, I wouldn't say leagues ahead of its time, but it's it's yeah, leagues ahead by. I mean, yeah, and no, you know, not not throwing any shade on, you know, any of the the talent that's getting around today. But I mean, back then they didn't have half the advancements of what we've got today, and they were doing stuff off the cuff, man. A lot of it, and like you say, Stan Winston designed this creature on a plane ride, man, and. Mm. And like, just created this fucking epic suit of armor uh, over this this alien physique. With you know, when that mask came off, that was something else, dude. Like seeing that thing's well, face was crazy. Yeah, I mean, and it's such a cool design. Like you know, and I mean, look, as a kid in the eighties, it's like, look, a gauntlet with claws on it was just the coolest fucking thing anyone could ever wish for. Totally, totally. Wolverine, Freddy Krueger, like, you know, Enter the Ninja, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Any dude that had, like, claws that he could, like, you know, have on the back of his knuckles and shit like that from a gauntlet or whatever was just the coolest thing ever. So it's like, you know, you're watching Predator and it's just like, oh, my God, he's got, like, these fucking awesome, like, fucking blades on his arm. That's so rad. And these uh, weapons were so sick, dude. Like yeah. that disc weapon as well. The the CD disc was. And just that's like, the thing we didn't wow. we didn't even see that until number two. I mean, number one, it's basically he's got the the gauntlet claws and the fucking um the net. Oh, what's it? I don't think he had the net in the first one. He had the the shoulder mounted the uh, shoulder mounted plasma and, cannon and the, thing. Was the spear? No, that was number two. Number two. Oh, I'm getting the two mixed up. Yeah, n- num- number number two. They brought the the throwing disc thing and the spear and the the net launcher. Yeah. See, this is okay. Just side note here. This is the problem. Like what you touched on before about the 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 yeah having a bit of a dig about all the different variations and sizes of predator. What they should have done was had the this alien race that was essentially you know, very similar looking, similar heights and builds and all the rest. Cool that you throw in a few female looking predators as well, but give us like different array of weapons and stuff. Like show, well, show some advancement. Yeah, man, know? that's, that's the thing. I mean, you kind of figure like, you know, if, and, and that's, that's the thing I always thought it's like, okay, if these are a race of interstellar hunters, mm. which, you know, essentially is what they're meant to be. Yeah. You know, well, you know, you're going to have guys that have, you know, or predators or whatever that, you know, prefer to use this sort of weapon or predators Mm. prefer this sort of weapon and stuff like that. So, you know, what you could have theoretically done with the sequels is just have different, you know, as you said, different weapons, you know, different masks, different, you know, sort of armor and stuff like that to differentiate them. I don't know why, but I'm having a Robin Williams moment, and, and I'm gonna fuck this up. But there, there's there's a great there's a great thing uh, in Good Morning Vietnam where he's taught another another '80s hit, but he's talking about uh, when you go into the jungle, make a statement, wear camouflage, <laughs> you know. And it's like, dude, of course, make a statement. You go into the jungle, you've got your fucking, you've got your 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 Wolverine claws and and your shoulder mounted cannon, but when you go into the urban jungle. 
fucking pack on two shoulder cannons, you mm. know, get yourself a dick launcher, whatever, man. <laughs> like, fucking go for gold, man, you know. Um, equipment, the right equipment for the right job is what mm. my point is. And that's where I feel they could have improved on over the course of these sequels rather than yeah. focus on these different looking predators. It's like, no, 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 no. Keep it simple. Just give us cool weapons for different um, scenarios. Well, I mean, the the only I, I mean, I I quite liked Predator Two. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, dude, um, that was great. I, I thought Predator Two was pretty cool. Um, yes. no, nothing will ever top the first one because the of first one's just an absolute masterpiece. Um, Predators, I thought was okay. I didn't like the oh you know oh the the you know the old predators like they're not good mm. enough anymore now mm. we've got like super predators like oh mm. the difference between dogs and wolves I thought that was a bit like look you don't need to improve on the predators like I get what you're going for but it's just not really working for me um and my my other problem with predators was that there were way too many callbacks to the first film like there was there, I mean literal repeats of dialogue and stuff like that which to me is never a good thing because it just literally reminds me i'm not i never sit there and think oh that's so cool and clever i literally sit there and think you're just reminding me that i'm not watching the first movie and when the first movie is so damn good you don't want to do that because you're just going to come up short um and then there was the last one the predator which i probably need to watch again i should really just do a marathon and reappraise it um yeah i was not a fan of that flick when i first saw it i thought there were just way too many comedy beats in there the you know even bigger and better super duper fucking hulk predator that they threw in there I yeah thought it was, it was a bit bit excessive dumb. i just thought it was dumb it's like we don't need this like these these things are awesome as they are. Like you don't need to improve them. Like well, that's it, man. It's like it's like the aliens, man. You don't need to fucking, you know, it's, it improve did, it's, on the shit. It's, it's it's throwing a jetpack and a machine gun hand on Robocop. You know, mm, exactly. Like, you don't need to do it. Like you just if if that's your contribution, stop and mm. go find another job because you suck at this one. Like. But yeah, I mean, look, I do, I do want to reappraise um, the the Predator at some point because, um, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm just not sure on that one. Like, my first impression was I wasn't a fan of it, but yeah, that may change with time. Yeah, but man, look, Predator itself is a work of art, man. It's just fucking yeah, incredible. Like. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about the plot a few times. You know, just the build of this film, the way it, the pace, the 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 score for this film is brilliant as well. Got to give a massive nod to the score. Oh, Alan Silvestri's score is just so iconic, man. Like, it I mean, this really, guy fucking rules. Like, yeah, dude. I mean that that it is one of those instantly recognizable scores that, like, you just. Yeah, you you just you one note and you know what it is. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. That that that's got like such a recognizable, iconic uh, sound to it. It's yeah, it's fucking great, man. 
And uh, yeah, dude, it's it's like just such a I don't know. It just really enhances the mood of the film, you know. And that's the well, it just it the great really, line of a movie. Yeah, man. Like that that score just really has a driving pace to it that just like you know really helps ratchet up the tension of the film and you know move it along it's like you know that you hear that score it's like something's chasing you something's chasing you and it's it's also got that you know military sort of cadence to it yeah you know really works for the film but then you know there's also that um little piece of music that's at the end there where like you know dutch is just standing there in the blast zone after all the shit's gone oh that was such a good moment um and i think that's what that piece of music is i think it's called like um lament for the the modern mercenary or something like that i've, I've probably completely fucked up the name of it but it's something <laughs> to that effect um yeah. it's it's been a minute since I, I looked at the the title of uh the the score songs um or music rather but yeah it, that's such a great um i mean and that's the thing I, I love that you know the movie ends on a fairly somber note like dutch it doesn't feel like a win. It feels like an escape. And it's like, you know, he's lost his entire team. All his friends are gone. And like, you know, you just see Arnie in the helicopter and it's like, it's like he's lost his entire team. All his friends are gone. And he just had to fight a gigantic fucking alien that nearly killed him. Um, and, you know, you, you just see him like sitting there just staring. Like he's got that thousand yard stare in the back of the helicopter and he's just fucking exhausted. And like, it's pretty fucking powerful. Like, it's like, ooh, like, well, you know, this it, is a man. bit of a Pyrrhic ending, you know? Mm, that's right. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, you know, it, it's a, such a, a huge battle what they go through. And to see that level of exhaustion at the end from, um, you know, Schwarzenegger is just, you know, really, um, yeah, it's really something else, man. It's well, yeah, it is, man, because it's like everything we'd seen of Arnie up until this film, he was practically a superhero. Like, you know, the ending was always kind of like, yeah, fuck yeah, woo, Arnie's one, awesome, yeah. Um, and then you know, to get to Predator, and it's just like he doesn't feel like he's one, he just feels like it just feels like he's just fucking wiped, he's like, yeah you know, he's kind of a little bit broken after this experience. But I do have to say, I love the credits for this movie. I love the the old school kind of, you know, shots of the actors and the, yeah, the character yeah, and stuff that like was that. Cool. That was cool. I really I, liked that. I thought that. that was really fucking cool, man. Like, it's it's a really... I feel like it's a really kind of cool little upbeat note after that kind of downer of an ending um which I, I really dug yeah it was it was um definitely you know a welcome surprise on top of the the surprise though of this film you know mm. it, it was a nice touch to it um i really liked it and uh another thing i i, I want to touch on as well is like the getting back to the predator itself um i'm gonna segue it by saying i really love arnold's fucking home alone style moment in the movie where he just creates all these traps to to get this predator beat him in his own game and uh you know delivering his just desserts at the end you know yeah i love all that stuff i love how he builds the fucking the the the, the spike traps and the logs and everything and does some serious fucking damage to the to this 
you know, against these impossible odds against this alien that has, you know, uh, huge um, advantages over Arnie with all of his technology. Mm. And, and Arnie just, you know, wallops him with that fucking massive log. Um, and you see the predator's blood. And this is, mm. a, I love this. I love how they came up with the blood for this. It's like the color of Mountain Dew. But yeah. apparently they've used a mixture of the liquid from inside the glow sticks mm. and KY jelly to get yeah. that coagulant looking blood and slime finish. And I just think, like, in terms of flesh from creatures, that's probably hands down my favorite um, flesh, even probably surpassing the aliens. Mm. I love it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. And I mean, I, 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 I love that, like, you know, I, I love the, the fact that Arnie basically has to go full fucking primitive caveman with this thing and still, you know, it, it, it really feels like, um, you know, that, that's the, 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 the cool, the cool thing about it is that it like, it really feels like, you know, the, the predator and Arnie are kind of like evenly matched in terms of intelligence because mm. it's like, you know, Arnie's like gone, okay, I've fucking lost all my weapons. I've lost all my gear. It's like, what the fuck do I do? It's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to fucking find a way to like, you know, fight back against this thing. And that, that battle of wits between the two of them at the end where it's like, you know, they're essentially stalking each other. And you see that great shot where Arnie's like, you know, hugging the tree and the predator's like crawling down the tree behind him and he just fucking knows it's there. And he's just yeah. like, you know, kind of quietly shitting himself as it goes past him. It's like, th that's what I mean, man. It's like the, the tension in this movie is so great. It's so much more than just an action flick or a horror flick or, you know, a sci-fi flick or something like that, which is not to disparage any of those genres because I fucking love them. Mm. But this just blends everything together into this amazingly fucking clever and interesting and innovative package. And it's like, you know, I, I kind of feel like a lot of people kind of forget how great this movie really is because it's it's such a staple. Like, yeah. it's such a, oh, yeah, Predator. Like, everyone knows it. Like, you know, there's been so many millions of fucking comics and fucking toys and video games and everything. Which, which is funny considering the Predator only has about eight minutes of screen time in this film. Yeah. It's just fucking funny. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, like, you know, everyone just kind of, it, it's such a staple of pop culture and everyone's kind of viewing experience because it's like, you know, so many people love this movie and rightly so. Absolutely. But I, I just feel like people forget how fucking good the first one is like, and it is, it is a really great fucking film. I mean, this is the thing that we, we, we've, We've been blessed to talk about films that we've, uh, I feel like almost every film we've talked about so far is what we'd consider professionally as perfect films. I consider this a perfect film. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like special effects, the script, the writing, the score, the cinematography, the location, everything. It just ticks so many boxes that, and it, it's really got no, 
no weak points because mm. they eliminated eliminated that early on with Van Dam after two days of shooting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, fucking, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, that's the thing, man. I've been really lucky uh, this year alone um, to have watched this film with two different people. Um, yeah. One was a fan of it, and we watched it together. And it was, you know, she she loved the movie. I loved the movie, and it was just such a great it's such a great movie to watch with someone. Like it's a great movie to watch on your own, but it's a great movie to watch with someone. And I also was lucky enough to watch it with someone who hadn't seen it and was like, you know, I'm like, you've got to watch Predator. And, you know, he's like, I, you know, it's just a dumb action movie. I'm like, no, no, it's really not. Like Predator is like, you know, you're a horror fan. Trust me. Predator is very much a horror film. If yeah. you watch it that it way. It really like, is. You can watch it in so many different ways. Like it is a, a horror sci-fi action film. Like, and watching it with like ha- after having seen it so many times over the years. Like I since nineteen eighty seven, man. Mm. I I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched this movie, but it's a fucking lot. Um, and to watch it with someone who had never seen it before, um, who had only seen bits and pieces of it was really cool because it's like, holy fuck, that is so much better than I thought it was. And I'm like, I know, right? Mm. Um, and yeah, I was also lucky enough to give them the experience of watching it on VHS, uh, which was fucking cool. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I, I did. I think I own this movie on like every format it's been released nice, on. It's, nice, it's one nice. of those. Um, nice. But uh, yeah. Yeah, dude, there's, there's, there's so much love for this film in so many ways. I mean, you know, I, I would be shocked to, to meet anyone that hasn't seen this film. And granted, probably, probably young, a lot of young kids haven't seen it. But, man, you know, when you talk of sci-fi blockbusters, man, this, this should be at the top of your list. Like, mm. like, not at the very top, but it should be up there in your, you know, your top five at least. Because it just, it. I I put this on par with the thing. It's yeah. thriller, it's action, it's horror, it's sci-fi. Um, and the way the explosive ending with the the thermonuclear, de- you know, self-destruction or suicide bombing is just so masterful. Yeah, and in some ways, I I wonder if it inspired terrorists to do macabre things i know it's a probably a horrible statement to say but you know it's um yeah it's quite interesting movies don't make psychos movies make psychos more creative yeah true that true that (laughs) but dude i mean that gauntlet is a work of art i mean Mm. seriously like the 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 technology of it is just so leagues ahead i i i I just got to give a shout out you know before we before we wrap things up i got to give a shout out to i love the predator language like the actual awesome predator language because it for me it's like and and as a kid of the 80s like it's like a broken digital clock readout mixed with japanese Mm. which is just so fucking cool and so like you know mind-blowingly rad to like you know annex those two things together and come up with this language for this creature um that you see on the the led like countdown it's just so fucking cool i I love it so much yeah it's there's a lot of love for it and um yeah the 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 whole suit the predator suit is one of the greatest 
uh, in my opinion, special effect accomplishments of all time. Just the, you know, the, right down to the contact lenses. That, well, that, dude, that that's, the, that's the thing, man. It's like you look at that suit now, like you watch it on like Blu-ray or DVD or something like that. Yeah. And it's like that suit still holds up. It is seamless. It's not like you don't watch it and go like, oh, that's a bad rubber monster suit from the 80s. Well, it's, you don't think that at all. timeless. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is I recently saw a snippet of behind-the-scenes footage on the Stan Winston channel um, with Kevin Peter Hall putting on the suit, you know, and he's a towering, imposing figure, but this thing mm. looked huge on him, you know, and uh, you could tell that it was rubber, and it's it's just fascinating how you go from that to watching the film and you just think it's the believability is off the Richter scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck dude. The, the, yeah. We could go on for ages about this film, but um, man, w- do you have any sort of conclusive thoughts to add for this film? No, just that like, if, if you've, if you've not seen Predator or it's been a minute, like I, cannot urge you and i mean i don't know how anyone who has actually seen predator hasn't got it on their like you know heavy rotation of movies to just throw on whenever you feel like having something on or watching something i just really think just like go back and just really re-watch it and you know just absorb how fucking well put together and clever this movie is because it's it really is just a stunning work of art. It is, man. Like, it is so expertly written for something that, you know, could have been, and I feel still gets passed off as, like, a dumb action movie with Arnie in the jungle shooting dudes up. Mm. It, it really is, like, it's incredibly well written. Um, I mean, I know they had Shane Black on set. Like, that's why they hired him to play... Um, little dude with the glasses and the terrible Mm -hmm. jokes. I mean, those jokes jokes are so fucking bad. They're good. Um, But like, you know, it's such a great, well-written script. Like there's so much, you know, stuff in there that's like, you know, can can be read in so many different ways. Um, You know, the, the, the cast are fucking perfect. The direction is impeccable. Um, you know, the, the, the effects are still to this day, just brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it just, it really is my, like a, a perfect, like, you know, you talk about, like people talk about lightning in a bottle. Predator was literally lightning in a bottle. It like, really was, man. You know, you, I mean, and they've tried, like they have tried so many times to emulate this film within like, not only the sequels, but in other movies as well. Oh. Yeah. And they never, never, ever get it right. Like there was as a good, bunch of as good as some films. of the people, yeah, yeah. I mean, as good as some of the sequels are and stuff, like they still have never recaptured the magic of the no. original. No, no, and, and you're right. And I mean, the sequel itself, The Predator Two, is was a fantastic follow up to the, the film and holds its own, you know, deservedly so. But again, the original just sets the pace and sets the tone uh, and raises the bar fucking to, at a level that's untouchable really it's mm. it's just fucking perfect um and this film in 87 fucking when it came out uh was the second it had the, the second biggest opening weekend of 87 uh yeah just behind belly hills cop 2 go figure 
Well, I mean, you know, Eddie Murphy was a fucking juggernaut back then. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that was, you know, we, we'll have to talk about that one one day. But, man, in terms of fucking sequels... Oh, yeah, we've we got, we got to do the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy yeah, at some point. Yeah, man. I mean, that sequel fucking outdid the first one, in my opinion. But, yeah, we'll talk about that. But, uh, yeah, dude, The Predator is is a work of art. Uh, everything about it is just fucking lovable. And, uh, you know, and you're right. The casting was brilliant. These guys, you know, these guys really invested themselves into their roles. They trained together. They worked out together. They really, they really bonded strongly to, to deliver what is one of the most impressive performances on camera by a cast and, uh, you know, for an action film. And, uh, yeah, dude, um, this, I, I have not really got much more to say than what you've already said about uh, the conclusion of this. It's uh, it's a fucking, it's a great film that needs to be watched if you haven't seen it. it. it yeah, it really is. Um, you know, and just, yeah, just. And like you said, yeah. the, the legacy, the legacy of this film is, is resonating today. Yeah. yeah like, I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, you know, we're, video we're games, like... t-shirts, fucking comic books. Yeah. The yeah. Action we're what, figures. Like six six or so weeks away from the release of a new film like mm. you know so yeah it's it's still going strong and that's because of this first movie yeah man the fans the fans speak man and and predator the, you know the predator is a uh you don't see a lot of it cosplayed but it's a popular choice um you know when when it's on and mm. uh oh, it, yeah. it's very popular at can <laughs> yeah i mean the yeah this is this is one of them films it's not going to you know, die in the ass anytime soon. It's it's up there with, you know, the legacy is there with you know Terminator, with Aliens, with yeah, you know, it's it's up there in the the fucking the greats. Oh man, yeah, absolutely, like a hundred percent. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Fuck it, dude, we did it, man. Predator, indeed. Another eighty-seven smash got, hit. Got to it a lot quicker than I thought we were going to, but hey. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the beauty of a commercial break, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was good times, man. Good times. Absolutely. Well, boys and girls, have yourselves a freaky Friday. Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing this one for you guys and gals. And uh, we'll definitely be doing this one again soon. Another, yeah. No doubt another freaky film of sorts will be uh, on, the, on the slab. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some fun with it. Yeah, we will see you all next week. Yeah, man. And uh, smash, hit... smash the like and subscribe button. Yeah, smash it good like a sledgehammer. And uh, yeah, I'll yeah, see you tomorrow yeah. for Rad. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a bit of, that was a bit of a uh, awkward silence. It was like, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going to add something, but I like literally, I was like literally going to like, I'm going to, nah. No, wait, wait, no, wait, no, wait, nah, fuck, it's gone. Oh, it's all right. Cool. Well, uh, till next time, Jake, it's been a pleasure as always. Absolutely, my dude. I will talk to you soon. Absolutely, man. Peace Ladies. out.